and good evening once again everyone welcome to the success strategist show i am your host dr shimona wimbley and i am this beyond super excited i am whoo i don't even have a word for it because <laughs> this show right here is gonna blow y'all mind i have the pleasure of having a, a special guest with me Mr. Jay Gibson and Jay, I had an opportunity of meeting you at a book. Mr. Johnny Mac was doing something at a book uh, mm -hmm. ceremony. Mm -hmm. So we, it was a networking event, and Johnny Mac had invited the authors to come out and share a little bit about their book. And um, y'all know, if you are a woman and and you see a man have a book like this, talking about signs what to look for whenever you think you are being cheated on y'all know y'all go check out that book on that table don't y'all y'all go and see like now i gotta see what is in that book so you then you want to go and speak with the author so that you can pick his brain so here you guys have none other than jay gibson here he is a author he is actually a chef and a motivational speaker Jay, I've seen you all around Dallas, Texas. I've, I've only been here like a year and a half, but you are changing lives here in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> You're a mover and a shaker, and I want to share you with the world. Jay, tell the people a little bit about yourself. How's it going, Dallas? <laughs> I'm uh, Jay Gibson, originally from Houston, Texas. I moved here in 2008. Uh, a hurricane actually brought me up here. If anybody's familiar with Houston, you know that it rains and it and when it thunderstorms and hurricanes, it pretty much tears up the city. And so I moved up here in 08. My uh, girlfriend at the time, who's my wife, she came and got me mm. when I was uh, displaced. And um, I've been ever since, and I absolutely love it. What I don't miss about home is the traffic and how everything <laughs> is just spread out in Houston. <laughs> and... I just love being up here in Dallas. Um, I'm an author. I graduated from culinary school about, about actually 10 years ago this month to be exact. And I started uh, writing my books back when I felt like, you know, there was some material that needed to be out there that wasn't available. Uh, someone told me a long time ago that when you go to a bookstore or library and there's a book that you want to read and it doesn't exist yet, you write it. Mm. And so that pretty much how I came to the writing career of my life. And I'm just really excited about, you know, um, where I am with that. And, you know, just a passion for writing, a passion for putting out you know, great material, a passion just to share with the world what, you know, God has given me to share. So. I really uh, love that. So, Jay, now you said something. So, a book that most people dare to write. <laughs> mm -hmm. So th this was a book that was out there that nobody had. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a topic. I'm gonna call it a topic. Okay. Signs. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's actually my that's second. Deep. That's my second published book. Okay, um, let's. Okay, so we're not gonna go to this one yet. So okay. let's go with this one. So I saw that you published this back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see, Jay. 
And the title of this book? The title of this book is called Men Equal Responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that title was born. This title. That title was born out of what I have seen in this society as far as there being a I guess the best word I could use is gargantuan. A gargantuan amount of regression in manhood in our men. Okay. There's just this huge amount of regression in our men where men just aren't doing the things that men are to be expected to be doing, you know? Fending for themselves, you know, going to work every day, taking care of their families, you know, uh, practicing safe sex, you know. Um, You have men out here, you know, I think that are making kids at an alarming rate and not taking care of them. You know, you have kid, you know, you have guys out here that are just having other people fend for them, but at the same time wanting to be respected as men, and they don't understand that it doesn't work like that. If you want to be respected as a man, if you want to be treated as a man, then you have to do what a man does. Mm. And a man takes care of himself. A man goes to work. A man provides. A man does all of that. And if a man is not doing that, then he can't really call himself a man. Ooh-wee. That's kind of deep. I'm going to have to throw you on out the window here. Because, <laughs> Jay, you stepping on some toes. Hey, I'm Now, wait a minute. Now, you wrote this. You started writing this book in 2007. No, actually, 2017. I'm sorry, and 2017. That's, that's I'm sorry. The story. I actually um, have some hats that says meaningful responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I met a gentleman at this restaurant. And I, have some, I had car signs on my vehicle. And I would ride around, and the car sign said "Meaning Responsibility." Well, the he gentleman actually, um, he saw, you know, he saw the sign, and he came up to where I was, and we started conversing. Mm-hmm. And he liked the sign, and I showed him the hat and all. And he liked the hat, but he didn't wear hats. But he bought one anyway. Okay. And what he told me was, "Hey, I'm gonna buy a hat. I want you to give this hat to somebody else that you think would would really like it." And so, you know, I was really moved by that. And what happened was mm-hmm. that I thought, what could I have? What could I have had that he could have, you know, walked away with that he would have been satisfied with? Mm-hmm. And I was already working on, you know, a novel at the time. And so I thought, well, I'm already writing a book. So let me go ahead and, and write a book and explain to the world what I mean when I say men equal responsibility. And so it took me, I want to say all of maybe two, two and a half months to write this book. Mm-hmm. And the process came from me just writing out some chapter titles as far as what I wanted to talk to the world about what I mean when I talk about men and responsibility, you know? Right. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I was just going to, you know, just say that um, this is probably, I would have to say, my best work to date, you know? And... Um, because I, I wanted to look through some of the chapters. If you can tell our audience a few of the chapters. Okay. Um, about the few of the chapters. A few of the chapters. One chapter is, you know, men, sex, and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Another chapter is, you made your bed, not lie in it. Life mm. owes you nothing. Another chapter is called, a real man wants his own stuff. Okay. And then I, asked, also, I had to write a chapter in this book on domestic violence. And that chapter is entitled, She's Not a Punching Bag, Fellas, She's a Lady. Mm, I love it. And also talked about sacrifice. Now, that's one of the hardest things that 
that some men, you know, find a challenge to embrace when it comes to being a man, you know. We all have dreams, we all have things that we want to do, goals and desires, and that sort of thing. We all have that, okay? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to understand that when, when it comes to responsibility, there are sacrifices that you have to make. There are sacrifices that you, that you have to make. There are things you have to go without just to make certain that you have what you need. And if you have a family, that's when it heightens even more. You know, your kids can't live on your dreams and desires. Your kids have to be taken care of. Mm. And that requires money. So you have to go and, and go out and take care of what you got to take care of as far as what you got to take care of with your money and all that. Do what you got to do, you know. Sacrifice. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. Right. Don't give up on your dreams, but at the same time, Make sure you're sacrificing for what you have and what you need. Because you're the man. And you have to be a man. If you want to be respected as a man, make certain that you're doing what is necessary to be respected as a man. Mm. Well, that's deep right there. Now, um, I was reflecting back. I was saying that you began to write this book in 2017. But honestly, Jay... Um, I would look at the things or the areas that you're addressing for like the older men, the older generation. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because I've noticed that more millennials, more of the younger guys are starting to marry their mates. Mm -hmm. Like I'm seeing like more younger, like really and truly, more younger guys are starting to marry. Wow. Yes. Like my son and, their, and his <laughs> friends and my little cousins, I'm like, y'all married and y'all in y'all 20s. So there's like a little shift starting to take place. Um, have I, you have you noticed the shift? I've, no, I've noticed it, but only in small increments. Sp yes, you you're know, right. You're right. Because I do believe that there is a huge anti-marriage narrative alive, where a lot of guys aren't trying to get married. It yeah, used to be a time so. where a man looked forward to marrying the woman of his dreams. If he found somebody that he liked and he was really into, mm -hmm. then he wanted to marry her. Mm -hmm. You know, he wanted to be with her. Nowadays, nowadays there's a mindset where if a guy feels like, you know, the woman is pressuring him to get married or marriage seems to be, you know, the issue, mm -hmm. then he avoids it because he, he feels like he's missing out on something if he gets married. You know, he's taking an L if he gets married. Well, what about all these other women out here, man? There's just too many women out here for me to just settle down with a woman, you know? Right. You know, that is a thought process. Now, and if I had, if I had to be real frank, I would say a lot of it is vagina chasing. You know, these guys are these guys are just chasing vagina. It's just not it's not enough for me to have one. I need I need multiple ones. I need variety. I don't want to eat just nylaters. I like Skittles. I like Snickers. I may feel like some some goobers. You know, no, you know that sort of thing. You know, right. So I agree what you're saying, but at the same time, you know it. I'm seeing in the small increments because a lot of these young men aren't trying to get married, unfortunately. You know, okay. we watch a lot of, uh, my wife and I, we watch, you know, a lot of paternity court. And uh, we see cases all the time, you know, mm -hmm. of, of, of people just having kids, having kids, having kids, having kids, not doing anything to take care of them, you know. But at the same time, that that's what's going on, you know. Mm -hmm. And so there's just, there's this huge lack of responsibility. You know, one of the chapters I have in there as far as men and sex is that it seems like guys hate condoms or guys hate contraceptives. You know, 
guys hate that. But at the same time, when a kid gets here, they don't want to take care of the kids. And it's like, well, you did what you did. Why mm-hmm. aren't you trying to be responsible and take care of your child? You know? They forgot about the consequences. They don't think about it or they don't <laughs> embrace it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's what I have to say to them, you know? All right, now. You covered a mouthful. You're passionate about that thing. So, yeah, so, so, so what, are we gonna do? what are we going to do to fix this problem? Um... <laughs> All we can do is just keep on batting home the message. All we can yeah. do is keep on batting home the message. They'll get it eventually, but at the same time, I think that a lot of it is mindset and guys just wanting to do what they want to do, you know? And then it, there's, a, there's a thing with, with youth, you know? If a guy is young, then he feels like no one can tell him anything. The world is his oyster. You know, he's young, and with him being young, he's invincible. There's this invincibility mindset that comes with some of these guys that feel like, you know, well, nothing can stop me, man. I'm just going, you know, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to live. I'm going to get right when I get when, when I get old. When I become an old man, that's when I get right. But in the meantime, I'm going to run these women. I'm going to make this money. I'm going to get these cars, man. I'm going to get this bag. I'm just going to live my life. And and, and and they don't think about becoming, you know, 40-something. And they got all these kids. And life is so stressful because the government is taking money out of their paychecks, garnishing their wages because they owe all this child support. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, that's a whole other story about child support. Yeah. I don't 100% agree on child support. I'm going to say it like this. I I shouldn't say that women don't don't take that the wrong way. But I have seen, um, like, cases where, like, literally the men cannot survive because the child support is so steep. Okay. And, And honestly, if a woman could just be honest... She still had to take care of herself anyway. She still had to pay rent. She still had to buy groceries. She still needed a car. She still needed. So, so really, is the calculation really to calculate for the household? That's not a question for you to answer. Don't answer that question. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I didn't. I didn't do child support. So you never demanded child support from your ex? I did. However, it was reasonable. I did not have to go through a court system to say, hey. The, you know, um, court calculate what his income is, calculate what my income is, and and sometimes the calculation is off so off that what they give is not is not even enough. Mm-hmm. But I'm just seeing two two sensible parents should be able to come up with that amount. But I understand what you said when they don't, yeah. when they just walk away from responsibility. Yeah, well, well, that's just it. You know, more than likely, sensibility is not a factor. <laughs> In that, in that, you know, sensibility. Nobody's really being sensible. Okay. People are being impulsive and and horny, and you know, the, nobody's really being sensible. Okay. When it comes to becoming a parent, you have to you before you even become a parent, you want to be sensible because you want to think, you know, do I really know what I'm getting into? I mean, good sex. If I had to be real candid, good sex may last maybe good twenty twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, right? But at the same time, after that, after you've gotten your rocks off, mm-hmm. and and she's pregnant, then that's a whole nine months of, uh, of of life being developed. And then once she once birth is given, 
your whole life changes. Right. You know, that child, that baby needs unconditional, uninterrupted love and care. You know? And you have to be willing to give that. But most people don't think about that when they're in when they're between the sheets doing what they do. They they don't think about that. All righty, all right. So I I wrote this down. Whose responsibility is it to start teaching and you know to start implementing um, the change? Is it the church? Is it the parents? Is it the politicians? Is it the society? Who 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 should take the lead on change? I would I, I would have to say I would have to say the parents. Yeah. It's going to start at home. Okay. It's going to start at home. The parent has a, has the obligation and responsibility to give that child all the necessary equipment they need to once they dart those doors, they know how to tackle life and they know what to expect. They know they should know how to watch out for the snakes and all these other, you know, entities that's going to come against them, all the temptations of life and that sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not society's job, you know, it's not even really the church's job. It's, it's, the, it's the job of the parents, you know, or the, or the custodial guardians that's raising those kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not enough of that is going on. Okay, so what about um, the parents that have not you know, had both parents or, you know, because this was an interesting story, um, an in- interesting situation or scenario. My sister and I was talking and we were just talking about um, like different ways of parenting. And, you know, my thing was some parents don't know how to show love because guess what? They never received love. So how can you give something that you don't know what it feel like, feels like, what it looks like? You know, so how can you pass that on to someone else? And maybe your parents don't even love themselves. So how can they even teach their children to love? Then the child is going out duplicating the same thing, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so, and then another scenario or case in point um, that we shared, we talked about was um, for some people, love looks different. You know how they talk about the love language. Mm-hmm. So um, some parents show love with gifts yeah some parents yeah some parents show love with affection Mm -hmm. some parents show love with words deed so and then you know i'm just saying then those those kids are not able to articulate or to share so do you think there should be a second line of responsibility when the parents fail um there should be and some some kids are fortunate to have it, whereas many are not. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just want to know, are you starting a J school? That's what I'm trying to get to. The point. <laughs> are you what, are you starting a? Um, I'm serious. A mentoring program. Are you a, are you a part of one? No. Well, because I think you. I, I love I, this. I love this mere responsibility. At the at the moment, I'm not a part of one, and I would love to be a part of one. Uh, I've been told a lot that I need to actually make a workbook, you know, to accompany this book, and um, you know, just instill in the the younger generation some of what I have been taught and some of what I had to learn, you know, on my journey through manhood 
teaching them and letting them know they don't have to go down certain paths, that they could avoid certain paths, and then they could do certain things to better their lives, and then there are cer certain things that they can avoid, you know, so that they don't have to, you know, have a hard life. Sometimes, you know, you create a hard life for yourself and you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And if you have some some really great role models in your life or some mentors in your life to kind of teach you some things or whatever, then you can avoid some things that you don't ha necessarily that. have to go through. Right. I you love know? that. So, I mean, I, I want to get myself to that point to actually, you know, be a mentor to the younger generation of men. You know, that's a passion of mine. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, do you mind if I transition to your, your second book? Not at all. Let's, let's go for it. Y'all, <laughs> I wish y'all could text, call in, whatever y'all want to do. Send a smoke signal. Because we're getting ready to talk about <laughs> signs. What are the signs? It says signs to look for whenever you think you are being cheated on. Uh, and I guess the, the some of the caution signs, the roadmaps. Dwindling sex life, suspicious that's, that's text a big message. One. Dwindling sex life. That's a big one. Really? That's a big one. You Locked know? on social media. Yeah, believe it or not, that's big. You saying that people block their spouses on social media? Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard guys say they block their girlfriends on social media to keep them from seeing, you know, certain pages that they like, you know, with with certain content that may be offensive to the girlfriend or the wife or whatever mm -hmm. and if a man feels like he's grown and he don't want to be told or police what he need to be watching or looking at mm -hmm. he will block his girlfriend or wife on social media because there's something that because you can't block people from seeing certain posts but I, I don't think you should block them no they block them they will, just, they will unfriend or just or they'll stay friends or whatever but they'll block them you know or they'll just They'll, they'll mess around and unfriend you. <laughs> you know? They'll unfriend you, they'll unfollow you. All of that, you know? That's a big one. Okay, that's a big one. Okay, social media block. Okay, that's a big one. That's a sign. That's not for married couples, that's just for dating couples. I'm going to say that one. Uh, yeah, it's okay. married couples too, you know? Dwindling sex life. You said that's a big one. That's a big one. You know, if, 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 if you're used to... Um, to you know having sex with the person you're with you know but then at some point it starts to kind of taper off mm -hmm. and you guys are still together and and both of you know that <laughs> you guys love sex mm -hmm. then who are you getting it from who's 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 pleasuring you you know what's going on with you if if we're if we're not if we went from having sex you know multiple times a week mm -hmm. to maybe twice a month you know ugh, that's that's a sign, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Specifically, I'll say this: if no conversation is is had from the the sex life, if no conversation is made as far as babe, what's going on? Why aren't we? Da -da -da -da, you know, and you guys are still together, and you guys aren't having sex as much. That's a huge red flag, you know, mm -hmm. because somebody's being pleasured, just not by you. Okay. You know, Corey Holcomb, uh, he he made a joke, you know. In one of his crazy stand-ups, you know, where the girl says, you know, uh, none for you tonight. And he turns around and says, none from you tonight. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't, Jay. Yeah, I can't. 
None from you. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Marcus, we might have to take a commercial break. <laughs> now, who said that joke? Uh, Corey Holcomb. The, the, that, that big black idiot, you know, Corey Holcomb. He said it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let move right along, as they say. So, um, Jay, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this. So, this was one of my theories um, when I talked about, or you know, cheating and stuff like that. Um, I was like always that girl that was always cheated on, right? And I feel like. You can draw that into yourself. And what what do I mean by that? Because I was always, I went into my relationships expecting my mate to cheat. And so what I would always do was, um, you know, look at their cell phone. I got to look at their cell phone, try to get their cell phone, try to figure out what was their passcode. Um, um, they get off at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock, I got to call you about 5.10. Are you in the car? Where you at? Um where you detour to like I was that person and so you know most men say that um, when you do that to them it forces them not forces them it pushes them to cheat yeah I mean there's a there's a chapter you know in the book entitled you know your, be a psychologist. your words you know or in other words what you put out in the atmosphere yeah, what I, yeah you can accuse somebody of you can accuse somebody so much that accusation, or those accusations rather, will empower them to actually cheat on you. Because they feel empowered from a standpoint of, well, you kept accusing me, you kept thinking I was doing it, mm -hmm. so I decided to go ahead and give you what you want. Mm -hmm. That's obviously what you wanted, so you thought I was doing it, turns out I was doing it, you know, because you kept accusing me. What'd you say about that, Marcus? You smiled. Uh, no, I know I but I saw that and and you know Jay honestly I talk about this all the time I even wrote about it in my book um, there was a time in my life when I really thought that I loved myself I was like you know women we always talk about we love ourselves we love ourselves and I realized I honestly did not love myself until I came to that point of loving myself like I could care less who you talking to on this cell phone. Um, hey, when you come home, okay. Do we? I'm expecting you if we have some plan, or you know, you can call and say you detour. I'm not getting in my car. I used to get in my car and ride and look and hide, and I did all that crazy stuff. 2019, Shimona, we ain't doing that no more. <laughs> my friends will tell you. My best friend Leslie, we gonna get up at six o'clock in the morning. We gotta go to work. We gotta take a detour. We gotta go by this house over here. It's a car in the yard, and oh. that is another car beside his car. Jay, I used to be that crazy. Wow. So when you say talk about signs, <laughs> uh, I I this right here, this this book right here, I I have to give it to you now. Some of these things in here. I did not even think of. Um, what was what was one of the things you didn't think of? Well, I guess it depends on that dwindling sex part. Because for women, I mean, you can't say that a woman is cheating because dwindling. 
because sometimes women just. Do you see his face? But women, women sometimes their drive is not always there. So that does not mean that they're cheating. That's true. Because they could be stressed out. That's true. And they need a wolf saw. They need a break. They need a. So maybe that's for men. Yeah, but at the same, well, some women too. I, I, I hate you saying about the women, but at the same time, you have some ladies that that really need that fix. You know, they they need to be touched. You know, what I'm saying they need they need hands laid on them. They okay. need it. Okay. They need it, and if they're not getting it, then you know they're not getting it from him. They may go out and look for for somebody else. You know. Okay. Now, do you, in the book um, you talk about. Relationships can be saved after cheating. Yeah, they can be. But if here's the thing, it's going to take a ton of work and then some on both people's sides in order to in order to get back to where you you need to be. Mm-hmm. Although the memory of it may not go away, mm-hmm. and the trust is going to take a ton of work to get back to where you know you want it to be. Relationships, marriages can be saved even after cases of infidelity but like I said it's going to take a ton of work to get back there and then one thing it's going to take too is the person who is aggrieved or shall I say the person who was cheated on can't keep bringing it up every time an argument happens or some kind of disagreement comes in you know you know, if, if, if you're going to stay with them or whatever don't keep reminding them of their mistake or don't keep reminding them of their you know transgression if, you, if you're reminding them, then that lets them know that you haven't really gotten over it, and you don't really trust them, mm-hmm. and it's just taking longer to get back to a place of of love and and um, and acceptance, you know, in your relationship, because you just keep on, keep on, keep on. So in essence, you know, you're torturing yourself. Mm. You know, you're torturing, you're torturing yourself, and you're torturing the other person. You know, I saw this, you know, I saw this movie um, that. The lady actually cheated with a, a stripper or a male dancer, mm-hmm. and somehow or another, the whole ordeal got caught on her phone. She comes home, and the husband is sitting at the table, and he plays the message, and she hears herself having sex with this guy. Well, how did that? Uh, don't, don't answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, she, uh, you know, they, they confront, and he just blows up at her, mm. but he doesn't leave her. And what happens is he stays with her, but he just ignores her. Mm-hmm. They don't talk. They don't have sex. They don't do. He just ignores her. To finally one day she just had enough, and she just left him. So in essence, you know, he he wanted to torture his wife. He didn't want to leave her because he didn't believe in divorce. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they, they they didn't really have a marriage anymore because he just pretty much he pretended as if she didn't exist, even though they stayed in the same house. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. So he didn't give himself an opportunity to work on something that could have been salvaged because I guess he just felt like, you know, oh she messed up, I'm gonna throw her away, but I don't wanna throw her away, you know? Right. A lot of men do that. Yeah, yeah, guys guys uh guys take cheating way harder than women, for the most part. A, right. a woman's resolve when it comes to infidelity for some reason is stronger than a man's resolve. A man uh, with a man, he 
you would think that you know somebody died Mm-hmm. You know, in his life, when he when he discovers he's been cheated on, why is that? You know, <sighs> uh, possessiveness. You know, machismo. You know, somebody touched something that belonged to me, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. You know, whereas a woman, a, a woman, a woman's resolve, like I said, it she just she puts up with stuff that she probably doesn't have to, mm-hmm. but for the sake of of not wanting to, you know, be by herself or or just not wanting to break up her home or whatever, she'll stay with the man, mm-hmm. and she'll and she'll continue to you know to act like a dutiful wife or whatever. Some women even blame themselves <laughs> when a guy cheats, you know. Some yeah. women, even, well, what did I do, or or what was wrong with me that he did what he did, you know? Right. So. I love it. I love it. I love it. But Jay, I'm telling you, um, I want you to share with everybody how they can get a copy of this book. These books. <laughs> yeah. All right. I can't wait to read. And follow. Look. Okay. I got okay. autographed copy. Oh yes, please. <laughs> Two books. <laughs> um, they're actually available uh, on my uh, on my site. It's actually my my Etsy page, and we could actually put a link in the description of the Facebook uh, post. Okay. I can put a link in the description if you're interested in purchasing your own autographed copy. Oh, well, they're both They're both phenomenal reads, and I know that all my readers, the people that have purchased copies, had nothing but great things to say about it, you know, so I'm really excited about that. Y'all, I purchased my copy. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I read it the first night. I was like, okay, I wanted to, I really wanted to get down to the nitty gritty. Um, of this and you know one thing um, you talked about was spouses or mates should not fear their spouses or mates um, looking in their cell phone yeah um, for real of course of course you know the the advent of the cell phone and the evolution of it I mean you could do almost anything on your cell phone right you know I mean our cell phones have become an extension of our lives. We sure. we we don't really go anywhere with our phones, you know. Right. And of course, cell phones are one of the most unique tools when it comes to you know cheating and doing dirt and all that. Mm-hmm. And so, when when you can't go through the person that you're with, when you can't go through the phone without them just getting all crazy or almost breaking out in hives or whatever in fear. That's a huge. That's a huge sign, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a huge sign because you ought to be able to go through their phone, and they have nothing to hide. You know, they have nothing that they're afraid to let you see. When 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 you don't have that kind of relationship, you 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 should automatically know that there's something wrong there. But Jay, that goes back to that piece of looking for stuff. Like really, I have no reason to look through my mate's cell phone. You, you don't, you don't. But at the same time, let's just say that you wanted to, or let's just say that you needed to. Let's say he had Candy Crush on his phone and you wanted to play Candy Crush. <laughs> if he didn't want you playing Candy Crush on his phone and you're just playing a, a simple game, why doesn't he want you playing Candy Crush on his phone? Obviously, he doesn't. He, he don't want you to stop playing Candy Crush and then you know you taking two minutes to just scroll through his phone and just you know look for something and then you may see something that you don't want to see, you know, mm-hmm. or that you weren't meant to see. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so like I said, the the cell phone is one of the biggest tools 
when it comes to cheating, you know, everybody's always posting something, you know, uh, text messages, all that stuff, you know. Hmm. Okay. Marcus, anything you would like to add? It's a great conversation. Can't wait to finish it up. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> yes. We'll get deeper. Look, this is one of those conversations you need to be, um, again, another one of them sit on the couch so everybody can ask questions. Because yeah. everybody want to go deep. Everybody want to go deep. It has, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, no. Nah. And, I, and, I, and I'll say this as well. Um, there were some things that I realized doing a, doing a self-reflection mm-hmm. that... I didn't put in the book because nobody really has, I would say, all the answers as to how to deal with cheating because it happens so much. And then there are so many cunning ways that people deal with it. Uh, one of the things I kind of regret not putting in it is how certain people tend to be gluttons for punishment. And when I say that, I'll say that um, sometimes you could have somebody who is determined not to do right by you is determined to just you know cheat and always do dirt and be with other people but you won't leave them your health starts to be affected by their emotional torture of you and what they're doing but you you know want to stay with them because you believe in your vows or you have an esteem issue where you feel like if you lose this person, then nobody else is going to want you. You know, nobody's going to want to be with you if you're not with this person anymore. Although being with this person has become somewhat of a health issue for you because they're stressing you out with all of their issues and all that. And so I would encourage people, don't be gluttons for punishment when it comes to dealing with cheating and infidelity. Um, your peace of mind should be so much worth more than dealing with someone who causes you to lose sleep at night. You know, if somebody is causing you to lose sleep at night where you can't, you know, function properly because you're so stressed out about what they're doing to you and and the fact that they just don't want to seem to stop, you know, I would encourage people don't live like that. If you can help it and it just comes to a point where you, you don't feel like things are going to get better, it's better just to leave and have peace of mind than to stay with something that's just going to just cause you so much, you know, heartache and, and, and headache, you know. And that's one of the things I kind of wish I would have put in the book. And that's just, you know, uh, I guess uh, an admission, you know, to a degree mm-hmm. as far as just letting people know that there are certain things that you don't have to deal with. And there are certain things you shouldn't have to deal with, you know. The question is, I think that's about um, when you're personally ready to check out. And that's one of those conversations I, I don't know about with guys, but with women as a whole, we'll listen to each other's story and we'll always share feedback. <laughs> <laughs> and say, girl, if that was me, I wouldn't. But it, if it was you, you would be right there until you got to the point where you couldn't take it anymore. Right. So, yeah. That's just one of them things when enough is enough is enough that you finally, you know, decide to leave. But yes, 
that is about it. I loved it. I, this was a great. This was a great show. We definitely gonna have to come back and because um, what I would like to see um, definitely for us to do um, a chat and chew with some more women and men, and they share insights, share some of their experiences. Um, because when we hear more con like true stories, I think it's therapeutic for people to break free. Right. 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 And it's you know more realistic, and you know people are not alone to know, you know if you're going through a cheating situation or whatever. I mean, I don't want to call it the norm, but I'm not gonna call it the norm. <laughs> yeah. well, unfortunately, most most people most people do have stories mm -hmm. and instances where they have been cheated on, and then you have people who have stories that you know they um. They themselves were serial cheaters at one point, mm -hmm. and then when you remember when you came to the uh, to the thing in uh, Pantigo that Saturday, mm -hmm. the discussion that you know yes. that we, I'm actually working on having another one real soon, but um, uh, one of the that ladies in attendance, you know, you know she uh, she stayed with her husband even though he cheated constantly, 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 you know, and people were you know just I guess people felt like she was being foolish for staying with him even though he didn't seem to want to stop and all so you have different situations of people going through different things and at the same time I guess some of the best thing that we could do is pray for people that you know that they would you know get help either get help or that their situation would change and that the that the uh, that the uh, party that the offending party would would see the error of their ways and come to a point where they don't want to see the person they're with hurt anymore by what they're doing, you know? So most people do have stories about it. It's unfortunate, but they do have stories, you know, that they can talk about, you know, from a standpoint that, that they've been cheated on and they've been, you know, done wrong by the person that, that they were with. They blame themselves sometimes. And in most cases, it's not really them, but it's the person. It's something inside of the person that, that did the cheating, you know. Right. So. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Jay, I, w again, want to thank you so very much for coming on here and being so candid and sharing um, your books. I, I really love this. Men, women, you need to go out and and purchase this book even for like you know the young men yeah I'm, I'm talking to men I'm talking equals to men, responsibility men, yeah. what it what I'm sorry what it all means and why men young and old should always embrace being responsible this is a good book stability accountability reliability dependability great um, Jay you did a great job on that and you did an excellent job on signs <laughs> So I just want to invite you all to um, check out his product. Check out Jay, Jay on Facebook. You're Jay. Yes, uh, Jay Gibson, uh, author Jay Gibson on Facebook. And you can follow me on Instagram at Combative77. Combative77 on Instagram. All right. And last but not least, I am the success strategist, your host, Dr. Shimona Wembley. And you can find all my books, my work, my products and my services on www.myfirstnamelastnameshimonawimbley.com. Look forward to seeing you guys next Wednesday. Have a great day.